So today we're bringing you a special episode of the Warcast. And if you can't guess already what kind of special episode it is, show them the flowers. Come on, show them, show them, show them. Yeah, it's a Valentine's Day episode. I usually don't like to do things like this because it seems so seeker sensitive, but today's a good day to do an episode, not simply because it's Valentine's Day, but just simply I've been thinking on on things that we can discuss as Christians that would not only build us up, but things that we should promote and things that I often think get left um, untalked about amongst Christians. Things that when we're thinking about what we're doing at War Cry Media is we're trying to be those who are loud about the truth, who are turning the world upside down for Christ. But part of turning the world upside down for Christ has very practical um, outworkings in life. And we often forget one of those things is marriage and loving each other. So we wanted to do a short episode on what that looks like, on what the New Testament says love looks like and how that carries over into our lives as Christians and as married couples and as those who have children. So my wife, Jessica, is joining me today. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. And you're also the first person who gets to experience our wonderful new background in the studio. So I wanted to share a text of scripture that'll hopefully give us a context of what we're talking about. Because when we're asking the question, what is love? There's a lot of answers in our culture today on what love looks like. For some, love is simply consent. and others, love is a feeling that can float away as simply as it came in. And Jesus actually defines for us in giving us his own commandment on what love looks like. And in John chapter 13, Jesus says this in verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So Jesus sets his own life and his own example as the premier example of what love looks like. And that his commandment to us as his disciples, the heart of his commandment is that we would love one another. And we know that Jesus actually sums up all of the law by saying to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That is the fullness of the of the law of God. And Jesus not only displays what the law of God looks like for us, it's to love God and to love one another, but also what that love looks like. And it looks like what Jesus did, that Jesus loved us in such a way that he gave his life for us. And we are in turn to look at that love and love each other just as he has loved us. So a a question, and my, my wife can jump in at this point, is when we're thinking about love in the context of of John and Jesus coming and being the example of what that love looks like, what are ways in which we often confuse what love is and distort what love is? Well, I think especially on days like today, um, and especially in marriage and the way our culture has defined love and defined um, how your husband should love you, how your boyfriend should love you, we can get things a little confused, but I think that, you know, our culture tells us like, Oh, your husband bought you those diamond earrings for 
for Valentine's Day, he got you chocolates and flowers and he showered you with gifts and um, he took you on this nice date. And that's the Bible doesn't say anything about those things. The Bible tells us what a loving husband should be, what a loving father should be, um, what a marriage should look like, but it's not any of those things. So our culture seems to then characterize love as external things so that love is multiplied and quantified by the amount of things that you get. Exactly. So if I would have brought my wife two bouquets of flowers and chocolate. You might love me a little bit more. <laughs> and and some maybe some real diamond earrings. That'd be great. Yes. Some real diamond earrings. And then my love for her would truly be shown. Yeah. But that's that's hard because when you think about it realistically, like we have two kids, two and under. And we both work full-time jobs and um, we have a lot of things to take care of at the house and we're involved in ministry in a lot of ways. And to be honest, our night is not going to look like a date. It's not going to look like a lot of presents. We got each other cards and Aaron got me flowers, which was really nice and thoughtful. But let's just be real. We're going to tonight, we're going to probably have a toddler screaming at eight o'clock when it's time to go to bed. Not maybe, will. We <laughs> will have a toddler we screaming. We will hopefully get our six-month-old to go to sleep on time, but then she'll wake up three or four times in the middle of the night and we'll be tired tomorrow. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't love each other any less. Yeah. And Valentine's for a lot of people, I think, brings in a really bad notion of how we consider how we love each other. And while Valentine's can be a, a, a decent day, Christians aren't obligated to do Valentine's Day. There's there's nothing about it that's more special than any other day. It's a cultural holiday where people tend to show their affections by buying each other things or taking them out to dinner or doing some um, very extravagant um, event for them. And what the way I think it impacts us is the way in which our culture already thinks about love and the way Christians oftentimes think about love is, you know, to, to characterize marriage and having a good marriage or loving each other well, or being a good disciple of Christ is, well, if I have that one day throughout the week or the month or the year where I really, really get to show my affection, then they'll really, really know that I love them. And I think for a lot of people, love banks around a day whether it's maybe Valentine's Day or maybe in the context of being a disciple of Christ, it just banks on Sunday. Your love is solely displayed to God. On I'm going to go to church Sunday and be a Bible study on time and service, and I'm going to keep my kids quiet, and I'm going to smile when the other moms ask how I'm doing. And my husband, he's going to look really proud and, and big and tall when he's holding his Bible and singing the songs. And so we really turn love into a simple display or a simple day where we go and we celebrate things. Can I chime in real fast? And I just want people to understand that we don't think loving each other in those ways are necessarily wrong. Yeah. Like I would love to have a date (laughs) night every Friday and I don't, I would, Hey, it'd be great if I got some diamond earrings. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but I'm just saying like those those things things aren't wrong. They're just not the sole way in which we love each other. I don't look to that one day to say, now I really know my husband loves me. Yeah. Um, And that, I believe that's the pitfall most people find themselves in. Now for most people, a lot of people who have kids and are married and are busy, 
those days are nice because they can be breaks. They can be times yeah. of being able to be intentional uh, when when you don't have kids around screaming or you're not around a million other distractions throughout the week. But too often, like with Valentine's Day for the larger culture, is it just it becomes a day in which that's the day in which we focus on and we think love looks like. And instead, Jesus paints for us a picture of what love looks like. And his picture is, by his own example, that that Jesus laid down his life for his people. And because he's done that, he has now given us a command that just as he's loved us, we are to love each other. So when we think about, okay, well, what does that look like to love each other? Then Jesus says it in this way in the next chapter in John 14. And beginning in verse 15, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In yet a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So for us, in order to even know love, in order to be able to say what it is, we have to first look to Jesus, and we have to see what love looks like. And then when we ask, well, how do we love in return? We see what Jesus says, keep my commandments. And there's a lot of different ways we could talk about those commandments. But I think on a today, uh, like Valentine's Day, what we're really thinking of is often marriage and loving your family and loving your wife and loving your kids is often overlooked as not a very spiritual thing. So that loving your wife and loving your kids and taking care of things in the household and raising up your children well and loving each other well and you know, husbands washing your wife in the with the word and and for wives to lovingly submit to their husbands is just seen as what you normally do. And then there's the spiritual things you do. And a, a, a great thing to remember is Jesus' commandments to us in Ephesians are his commandments. So the way that we know that we love Jesus is by the way we keep his commandments. And those commandments carry for us some of the most basic things we take for granted. So you think of of the command in Scripture in Ephesians 5, 22, that says, Wives, submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and his himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And then an even greater call, an even higher call is for husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Those are high callings. And Jesus makes it clear that those callings are nothing short of loving him and loving each other. And by doing so, showing that we have the love of the Father and that the Spirit indwells us. And those things get too often relegated to the quote-unquote norms of life or just the day-to-day life. And we forget that whether it's the big things or the small things, whether it's attending church or whether it is putting our kids in timeout because they are throwing a fit, that we're doing all of those things in relation to Christ 
And we're doing all of those things in relation to Jesus's own commandments. So that when we do do those things, we are doing them out of not simply an obligation to fulfill some request as a parent, but we're doing them because we love each other. And that's a way that we can manifest the way we love each other. Yeah. And I think this is a really, um, can be an interesting topic because our culture um, doesn't look highly upon women submitting submitting to their husbands. It doesn't look highly upon men um, serving their wives in a godly way, right? Like our culture says that you should be making me strong and giving me a voice and allowing me to treat my body how I want to. And um, it can be hard. And when we start looking to the culture to show us what love is, those things get really twisted Mm -hmm. in that it's loving that you tell me that I need to turn the TV off so that I can read my Bible. It's loving that you take the kids for 10 minutes again, so I can read my Bible. Um, It's, it's just loving in a way that our culture says that it's not. It's loving for me to submit to you so that you can lead our family with support. And our culture is just constantly telling us and telling us and telling us like, why are you letting your husband suppress you? Why are you letting him keep you down? Um, and that's just, it's not what the Bible says. And when we allow ourselves to start believing those things of, oh, your husband's not giving you all of the love that he could because he didn't bring you this, this, and this, and take you these places on Valentine's day and didn't post, uh, this wonderful post on Instagram about how empowered of a woman you are. Like, that's not loving. Like, what is that going to do for me? What is that going to do for my soul? It's going to make me, um, big headed and proud. And those are not the way that you get to heaven. Yeah. And we often forget that because we love each other in different ways doesn't mean we love each other any less. So that when a wife submits to her husband, she's doing one of the most God-honoring things she could possibly do. And that doesn't then reverse it for men to be able to, to run over their wives, to treat them as lower. But husbands are called to the highest standard of all, and that is to love them, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And it says that he sanctified her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. And Christ laid his life down for the church. Yeah. Spilled his own blood in that call. That's that should make every man who thinks about loving his wife, think twice about treating her with contempt, thinking that she's lower, treating her as if she's not meant to be heard and to be cared for. Instead, Christ lovingly, cares for us, takes and, and takes care of us and laid down his life for us. And so when we think of Christ's even own reproof of his church and his rebuke, they're always done in a way out of love and gentleness and respect and building up um, the church. And so a lot of what the culture has to say for men and for women is that we we have completely misunderstood what it, what it means to love. And instead, we we need to have a mindset that says, okay, if Scripture says that submitting to my husband is good and godly, and not simply good and godly, but it stands as a good and godly because that's how I've been made, 
And that's the way I've been remade in Christ. And same thing with husbands. If loving your, if you think loving your wife is simply being domineering over her, then you haven't understood that leading comes with laying down your life. So for men, a lot of those things, I can think of this, and then I want to ask you what that looks like as being a wife and being a mom. But I can think of for being a man is, how many men are willing to lay down their life to provide for their families? How many men are willing to lay down their time so that their families are raised up in the in the knowledge of the Lord? How many men are willing to lay down their lives in order to stand up for truth, even though it may cost them the very things that support their family? And how many men are willing to stand up and, and be courageous and bold in correcting things in their household, leading their household? And I think the most hard, not, or excuse me, the hardest thing, not the most hardest thing, <laughs> the hardest thing for men is how many men are courageous enough are willing to lay down their lives for their families and their wives by admitting when they're wrong, by asking for them to forgive them when they sin against them, and to be able to look your wife and your kids in the eye and say, I was wrong in this, or maybe I was leading in a way that was not God-honoring and Christ-exalting. And that's a very high calling. And so what, as some of the ways I think of leading as a man, where what do you think are some of the ways in which Christian women, especially wives and and mothers, can 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 lead out and can follow the command of, hey, how do I love? Yeah, um, just in the way that you were asking is, you know, how many women are willing to say that I put aside my desires to submit to the desires of my husband? How many women are willing to say they? Um, got up an extra hour early when you already don't get any sleep, when you have young children to study the word, not for yourself, but so that you can teach your children. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And, um, especially having a family, we know that not everybody's married, not everybody has kids yet. Um, but you, I mean, it says in the Bible that children they, they learn from their mothers. They learn from the knowledge of the word that their mothers give them. And there's something to say about um, that children are typically home with the mom, right? Like the first few years of children's life, they're almost like completely dependent on their mothers, especially for that first year. You know, if they're, um, if they're breastfeeding, if they're, you know, they need diaper changes, they need um, to be fed, they they, they just need a lot of care in those first couple of years. And that is typically with the mother. So how, how can we lay down ourselves to um, teach them the, the knowledge of God's word and to teach them to love their fathers um, so that, you know, we have some friends here that had our church who we were recently just told a story about how um, every day that the father gets home, his son's run to him to ask him how his day is to ask him what he did today. You know, is there anything we can pray for you today, dad? And they, his sons are, I think they're all 15 to 20. And, um, that happened because their mother taught them to love their father that way. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just the, I just see like so, so many ways that the culture is telling us that, you know, loving your family is teaching your young women that they are strong, that they have a voice, that 
and, and for your boys to get in touch with their yeah, feelings. The boys need to, it's okay to cry and, um, don't, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. And we want you to, you know, we want you to know that, that if you get hurt, it's okay to weep and it's okay to be sad when someone hurts your feelings. And like, yeah, okay. It's obviously we're going to have our feelings hurt and you're going to be sad, but like, I want Jackson to grow up, to be strong, to raise a family, to know that he is different from a woman, mm-hmm. right? Like we, um, and these are, these are the ways that we do it by, by teach. This is how we love them by teaching them. Yes. What the Bible says about them, about who they are, about what they were created and designed for. And I think for parents, so whether you're a parent or not, this is something we all need to be thinking of. The way in which we often teach our kids, yes, we have to teach them with the word. It has to begin there. If we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments, which means we have to go back to the word to know what those commandments are. But if we're really to train up our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, we have to be examples for them. My son does not learn to pick up his toys because I simply yell at him to pick up his toys. If I don't show my son over and over and over again and, and and to constantly every day spend the time to show him this and show him that and to hopefully one day show my little girl how to do things, it's going to look like hypocrisy. And it's going to seem empty. And if we're making Jesus seem like he's not worthy to be followed, that he actually isn't all satisfying, that he actually isn't a treasure to be able to sell everything you have in order to gain it, then we're really just peddling religion. And Valentine's Day will then look no different than what we call our spirituality. It'll look hollow. It'll look like it's very external. And so we have to mimic things for our, our children, and we have to mimic things for our wives, and wives have to mimic things for their husbands so that when we're raising up the next generation, they're seeing these things. And, you know, I think of like a Titus II woman, all the different things of older women teaching younger women. Women are, are taught to love their husbands and their children. They're to be self-controlled. They're to be pure. Um, you know, there's supposed to be a modesty about women. They're not supposed to be flagrant and, and showing off and doing this and doing that. And a woman's also is characterized as working at home or, or sometimes it's translated busy at home. So regardless of whether the mother works and brings in income, and you can think of the Proverbs 31 woman who is br- seems to be bringing something into the household that's contributing, her first and foremost desire is for her household and that she manages her household well, and that she is serving her husband well. And I think when you look at it, look at the basics of that, is how do I expect my children to want to read their Bibles, Mm -hmm. to want to learn, if they don't actively see me reading my Bible in the same way? How do I expect them to choose um, good, to make good choices of the music that they're listening to? If I'm not listening to, you know, good choices of music, um, how do I expect my son to learn to pick up his toys, which will then translate hopefully into a good work ethic if our kitchen is always a disaster? Yeah. And trust me, it's not perfect. <laughs> but um, Go to our house right now. Tell me how good it looks. I, I think it does. Okay. Well, then my wife's score, she <laughs> but, picked up because I did not. It's, it's, it's down to those basics of how do we um, train our families in that way. And that 
that is love. And that is serving to your husband to help teach your children these things. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's okay if I throw this in here, um, that how great for us that we don't have to be perfect in love, that we don't have to show these big outlandish um, gestures or gifts to say that I love you. Yes. Because I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that by myself. And I'm never going to be able to say um, that I was able to show you that I loved you more than God loves you. Um, and I'm trying to find, uh, we're going to go like, if you just go to the most overused, misused, probably verse in the Bible. But if we see John three sixteen um, and on, I'm just going to read it really mm-hmm. fast. It says for God to love the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And that is just like, man, I'm sorry. I'm never going to sacrifice my kids for you. I'm not <laughs> like, and that is, you know, like that's my selfish sinful nature of like, I can't lay down the most important things for my husband. Um, but God gave his son for us. Like that is love. That mm-hmm. is, and I'm, I'm never going to be able to love you. I'm never going to be able to love my kids in that way. I'm just not going to be able to, we're not, we're not capable. The sin in our hearts, the sin that holds us is not capable of making those kind of sacrifices. And so how awesome that on a day today, like on, on like today on Valentine's day, that when we think about what love means and what love truly is, that love is that God gave his son. He sacrificed his son. He turned from his son when his son pled for help. And I can't match that. So I just know, I know that I can't, but that is a huge relief to me to say that I can't love my husband in that way, but I know that God loves my husband in that way. And that on a day like today, we can celebrate that. We can celebrate the way that God loves our husband and God loves our children. We can show our children God's love so that hopefully one day the Lord will change their hearts. Like how awesome is that? Yeah. And uh, really that's a great, I think that's a great place to end thinking about, you know, if we're thinking about Valentine's day, we're thinking about what love looks like. We're thinking about how those things play out in our lives. What it does keep us from as Christians is that we will never ever love enough. So if love becomes, you know, you know, you think of like a game or something and you have like a health bar and you're, you know, you're trying to keep that health bar full. And and as it goes down, you're trying to work more and more to keep this, this bar full if you treat love, whether it's for friends or for family or for your wife or for your husband or for your children or for whoever it's going to be, if love is simply whatever I can produce for you, whether it's material things or acts of kindness or even qual- whatever it may be, you can throw anything in there. But if your love is based simply on being able to deliver and measure up, you never will. And the goal is when you think of Ephesians 5, you think of John 13 and 14 of Jesus giving us an example. He's not giving us an example that we have to hit the bar of saying, now do equal to me or you're not great or you're not my child. 
the idea is love the way I've loved, mimic the way I've have loved you. Wives love your husbands and husbands love your wives and love your children in this way in light of what Jesus has done for you. So the gospel then really comes into Valentine's Day and says, you can love like this because God has first loved you like this. And for for us, it draws us away from ourselves. It draws us away from unrealistic expectations, which cause us to have bitterness and anger and contempt for each other and causes us to be able to love each other. Whether we do have, and I'm telling you what, a $28 sushi day is a good, good oh, yeah. day. Or if we have a day of hey, our 10 minutes on the couch before mac we passed out with mac and cheese was crumbs <laughs> under my legs for my kid eating crackers. So we, we can love each other in all of those moments because we can be content in all of those situations, knowing that at the heart of all of those things is, is love that comes from Christ and then comes from us and through us. And so to me, that is the heart of, of what we're talking about. Yeah. And I, I just think it's so great on a day like today to remember that, um, especially even if, if you're not married, you don't have a boyfriend, fiance, fiance, we'll just say fiance. Um, no if, boyfriends. If, if, if you don't just have do those thing. things, like how can you still celebrate today by loving those around you through the gospel? Yeah. And to, and to also remember that whether married or single or widowed or in older age or young, that the, the height and the goal of, of, of Christianity is to love Christ, to give everything for him, for his gospel and for his name in Paul's mind to chase after the things of the kingdom was more joyful than even thinking about marriage to the point he could say for you widows and for those who have who are single, I wish you would remain so that you could serve hard. So when we're thinking whether or not you're going to be single or whether you're not, you're going to be married or whether you're in a transition in life, the goal for us is not, we don't love each other just for each other. We love each other because we love Christ and because Christ is supreme in the home and he's supreme in our lives. So I'm thankful for my wife today. Thankful to the Lord for her and glad she's able to come on and talk today. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. So as we think about love then, guys, think about Jesus' example that he came down and gave us a new commandment to love each other just as he has loved us. And that loving each other and loving God looks like looking at Jesus' commandments, following them and keeping them. So until then, guys, you're listening to the Warcast, which is the official podcast of Warcry Media. For more, you can visit us at warcrymedia.com. And until then, go turn the world upside down, confess, live, and proclaim the faith. This is the Warcast.